Hello, wonderful folks. Welcome to Earth Within. I'm Sophie French, a wild creative, cyclical being and mother nature lover. This podcast is about earthing your energy within and resourcing you back to self in order to live a slower, soulful and sustainable life. Alongside my beautiful guests, we'll be sharing how you can connect to the cyclical rhythms of life, creativity and business. Thank you so much for being here. Let's begin. Hello, beautiful. Welcome to the Earth Within podcast. It's so lovely to have you on. How are you feeling today? Hi, it's so, so lovely to be here. Oh, I'm feeling good, very tender. I'm on day one. So um, yeah, I'm moving very slowly this morning. Yes, that, that's perfect. We'll just take it slow, have a nice, easeful conversation. I'm really excited to hear more about you. And um, because we've just met during our cycle coach training, which is just amazing. We were talking about it before we hit record. But before we um, go any further, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to everybody listening, um, perhaps a little bit about you, where you are in the world, and maybe how, how you have arrived to cycle coaching and, and what you are doing at the moment. I'd love to hear more about that. So my name is Jyoti. I am the founder of my wellness company, and I'm based in the UK. And uh, where to begin? Um, so I used to be a primary school teacher and I loved the job, but knew I couldn't do it forever. I was just wishing away the weekends, um, the week, sorry, living for the weekends and so on and the school holidays. And I just thought I can't do this for the rest of my life. So I left teaching and did my yoga teacher training in India, which was the most incredible experience and came back and then set up my business. So my wellness company, and we went into lockdown actually very soon after that. So <laughs> the majority, if not all of my kind of business life has been online, which has been beautiful because it's meant I've connected with people um, from all around the world and done things like cycle coaching that I probably would have never discovered otherwise because I'd have been so focused on like people in real life um so you know there's always a positive to everything and yeah I mean I just was so interested in holistic wellness and how we can really look after ourselves and almost do like more preventative kind of medicine I guess rather than kind of the way it is in the west where you become ill or you don't feel so great and then you kind of try to fix it and it's more like putting a plaster on it rather than getting to the root of the cause like I mm. do like to go quite deep so kind of being on this journey with yoga it then kind of like naturally fell into kind of cyclical living and then I found Claire who's who we're doing the cycle coaching with um and that was through a podcast i love podcasts listening to them and talking on them um, <laughs> and i i was listening to a podcast and someone mentioned kind of periods and how we have all these seasons and 
these phases and how it changes and a light bulb just went off because I've been thinking for a few months like I keep having the same like thoughts or feelings and they feel like they're quite cyclical but I never really thought anything of it and then I'd been thinking oh I wonder if we're connected to the moon and I wonder if it has anything to do with like my periods and then I heard um it was Ashling Bay say about this um kind of seasons and I was like oh my goodness and she recommended period power by Maisie Hill so that was the first book I read about it and it just blew my mind and I kind of just went into a rabbit hole and then came across Claire and then the cycle coaching and everything just kind of very organically over like a good year or so fell into place um and yeah here we are on this amazing journey learning about cyclical living and our cycles and the you know how it does connect to the moon mm. and now like in my personal practice and kind of within my business I do host moon circles which I absolutely love doing and people are just so fascinated by them and really connect with with kind of the moon mm. um and then I also teach yoga meditation journaling um cyclical living of course is now coming more and more into my practice yeah (laughs) beautiful oh my gosh there's there's so many nuggets of wisdom already just in what you're saying about connecting to um, the cycles of the moon connecting to um, of course our menstrual cycle a cycle within and um, I'd love to hear more about you said you've trained as a yoga teacher and so how um, that philosophy, if, if it's okay to call it, that philosophy so, sort of blends and feeds into and connects to um, cyclical living. That's something that I would so love to dive deeper in, um, into with you because you have such great wisdom around that and everything that you share um, that I've seen through Instagram and your wellness company is um, based in and grounded with ancient wisdom. And of course, like living in a cyclical way is an ancient way to live. It is the most sustainable way to live. And so um, I'd love if you can open up um, that conversation and and share with us what what you know. Of course. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yoga definitely is a philosophy. It's a way of life. It's a whole kind of practice it's not just what we typically see in the west which is yoga on the mat doing it for an hour maybe two a week or whatever and that's it you know there's so much wisdom we can get from our physical practice to take off the mat as well as the other limbs so the physical practice is just one limb of yoga where there's actually eight limbs and these eight limbs really help us to dig deeper and uncover all the different layers as we essentially get to our soul kind of, we peel it all back because yoga is very much a spiritual journey. It's about the eighth limb of yoga is samadhi, which means moksha or liberation or whatever word, you know, enlightenment you want to add in there. And it's not that you have to practice yoga with that sole aim, but traditionally that is what yoga was about. You know, it's a, it's another way to reach enlightenment. So it very much is a spiritual practice that looks at a person as a whole. So in terms of like the first couple of, of, um, oh, sorry, something came up about Zoom and it confused me. 
Let me start again. <laughs> so in terms of the first couple of yogic philosophies, we have the yamas mm. and the niyamas. And these very much are the social principles and personal principles. So for me, I love to journal around these and to think about, okay, how can I dig deeper? So if we take one of them, um, so we take ahimsa, which is the first one, it means nonviolence. And of course, we all know we shouldn't be violent, you know, we shouldn't be physically violent towards people. But the beauty of yogic philosophy is it goes very deep. So we start to think, okay, it's more than that, though, how can we be nonviolent in our thoughts, words and actions towards others and mm -hmm. ourselves? And when we really sit and think about that, you know, it all starts with our thoughts, you know, our thoughts become our words, our words become our actions, our actions become our habits and so on. So actually, let's start with our thoughts and how how is our mind you know it's where we spend most of our time we our longest relationship is with ourselves so how is that doing and it's so normal all of us have negative thoughts or um disempowering thoughts or limiting beliefs but once we kind of realize that and then we start to question them or we start to distance ourselves from them through our meditation practice and be an observer rather than kind of getting carried away with them that's such a amazing place to start and to really start unpacking kind of our our inner world um and then you know with yogic philosophy we move to the asanas which are the postures and again that was very much about being able to sit in a still and steady posture for a prolonged period of time so we could sit and meditate so the asanas are all about making our body strong and flexible so we can sit in meditation for a long period of time because so many of us you know me included i can't sit down for for that long without you know my back hurting or needing some support because that's not what we do anymore you know we all sit on chairs or sofas and and so on um and then yeah we kind of go through these limbs and get deeper so the next one would be pranayama and our breath and Prana actually means vital life force. So it's almost even more subtle than the breath, kind of like the equivalent of chi, um, if people know what that is. And it's about the extension and the expansion of our prana, of our vital life force and how we can extend that. Because, you know, once we stop breathing, we're no longer in this body, um, kind of in this life. So very much um looking at different breathing exercises which are so popular nowadays and everyone is finally understanding kind of the importance of breath so just with the limbs themselves we can go really deep around like our whole kind of inner and outer world and then you know we have other things we can add into that like our mantra chanting cleansing practices and there's just so much to it of course You've just got to start somewhere it's very overwhelming if you try and do everything at once as with as with most things um but through that you know we can really look at how we can be more cyclical in our living with yoga so you know coming into as a woman when you're on your period when you're bleeding there's certain practices that aren't recommended so being upside down, for example, because our energy is flowing downwards and out, 
when we're upside down, we're sending that energy kind of the wrong way. So although a lot of people think it's very disempowering and they think while you're being sexist, I'm a woman, I should be able to do what a man does anytime, blah, you know, all of that, which of course I completely agree with. And if you feel good doing it, then go ahead. But actually when you look at the energetics of it, it makes sense. So I think a lot of these ancient practices that can seem very sexist or disempowering to women, if we actually look at the science behind them, they do, most of them make sense. Um, and mm. I think that's always important to, to highlight. Mm. Oh, thank you for um, sharing everything that you have already. I'm just like, oh, lighting up, you know, there's little dots that, um, you know, I'd love to dive into more and just especially breath um, as the gateway to, you know, your inner universe and then how that really is a sign of life and it seems so obvious but we can't really mistake the, sim the, the simplicity the potent simplicity of that like knowing that breath is that um and so you said um prana I know I will try my best to pronounce everything in uh, and I'd love your correction as well if I you know because I yeah prana being life force um with my Australian accent on top of it um is just <laughs> such a gorgeous way to reinvigorate the body and 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 strengthen that relationship and, and you saying that the longest relationship we'll ever have is with ourselves, and I just love that so much because it perhaps will prioritize self over um consistently always giving energy out to others and, and believing that you know it's almost like a drain um you know exchanges with other people or with jobs and um we can find that a lot through life and, and I definitely was like that a few years ago you know when it feels like life is draining from you but then when you have practices that connect you to the body and then to realize that putting yourself there is filling up that um space to then give from an, a point of overflow. And so, um, yeah, just such a lovely way to really illuminate how they connect because I know I've done a few different um, yoga classes for different times of my cycle. Some yoga teachers go into that, you know, how you can really honor your body and the energy that is present um, while, you know, if, especially while you're bleeding, there's some beautiful poses um, and, you would call them, is it asans? As asans, that, yeah. Asans, yeah, the physical, um, actual, how you would form your body and just like the opening, I find it so nourishing, like to be in, um, yeah, like lovely restorative, um, yeah, postures for the body. So um, thank you for, yeah, I'd love to, go into because something that really jumped out at me uh, was your mantra masterclass what do people need to know um I think for me what I realized was so much of this was ingrained in my culture so being mm. Indian um I grew up with a lot of this but without realizing and to be honest rejecting a lot of it because you know I grew up in in England in a very kind of white area so I just wanted to be like all my friends and I didn't really want to be like Indian and associate with that kind of side of, of me. Mm -hmm. um, but 
through kind of university especially like I really started to get to know that Indian like cultural side of me again I suppose and really become more interested in it and appreciate mm-hmm. kind of my roots and my my ancestors and my lineage and so on and yeah through that kind of learn the science and the the understanding behind why we do things because when I was growing up I'd ask my mum you know why are we doing this thing like this ritual like what's the point and she couldn't always tell me because you know their generation they grew up and they just did what they were told they didn't really have the space to ask why um so much of that kind of understanding had been lost so for me then being at university and being surrounded by more people who understood the whys and could could teach me and you know now with the internet and all you know all this information at our fingertips I was really able to learn and understand more about myself which has been a really amazing journey and being in India to to learn yoga you know the birthplace of yoga was again so incredible I was the only Indian person on the course everyone else was either a you know white or a a person of color but not Indian Mm. and I was like oh my goodness look at all of these people you know there was 40 of us you know doing different courses and they all want to learn about something that like comes from my ancestral lineage and I've been kind of rejecting it for so much of my life Mm. for that I think for me like what I want to do is to kind of shout a bit more about it and you know say you know how amazing is this because again, very typically a, you know, the model minority, kind of that Asian model minority, just keep your head down, do what we need to do, kind of, you know, get on with it and all of that stuff. We haven't always shouted about the amazing things from our culture and from our, from India, I suppose, you know, there's so many things now in the West that, that do come from India, you know, turmeric lattes, like I grew up drinking that and well not as a latte you know turmeric in milk and used to think it was disgusting and now you have to pay like five pound at starbucks for that like it's wild and like all of these Mm. things like having ginger shots and things like you know when i'm ill that's what my mom would give me anyway so there's so many things you know we kind of then come into that space of ayurveda and old indian Mm. medicine that is now kind of very much culturally appropriated and popularized but actually, you know, we already knew about that. <laughs> if that, uh, yeah, if that kind of makes sense. So I think for me, it's kind of like, well, uh, people are interested. So let me tell them the actual, like the reasons why. So even in my yoga classes, I think it's so important, you know, as we're doing the different poses, the asanas, to say, well, this one's really great for your lower back, or this one's really good for your hip joint. Or, yeah, I think perhaps because. I'm just kind of realizing this now as I'm talking, but because I didn't know the whys as I was growing up, now I want to give people the whys so they understand, you know, why are we chanting Om, for example? Why do we say Namaste? Like, why are certain things, why do we do them? Um, Mm. Because there is a lot more science and research into them, but also, you know, thousands of years ago, people didn't do science. They just understood um, a lot of kind of yoga comes through watching nature. So for example, um, in terms of like going back to the breath, the ancient yogis would study nature and they realized um, that animals with a slow breath rate, such as elephants or tortoises have a long lifespan. 
Whereas those animals that breathe really quickly, like birds and dogs, they only live for a few years. So they realize like through these observations, just from, you know, observing nature, because she is our greatest teacher, mm. that it's so important to breathe slowly and purposefully to extend our life, um, which just blows my mind because it's so true. But again, like you were saying, like you don't think about it. You don't think about your breath because we breathe automatically. It's only, you know, when we've got a cold or of course, if people have conditions that mm. where they struggle to breathe, that you really pay attention to it. Otherwise we just go about our day. Most of us breathing incorrectly, really shallowly into our chest when actually we want to try and breathe into our tummies. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure if I answered your question. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, I love the way um, you came to mother nature as our greatest teacher and that knowing that you a lot of um yogic wisdom and you mentioned ayurveda as well like coming to how incredible that is interconnected with with nature like and that's where a lot of my inspiration daily comes from you know seasonally um that's weaving in the, the magic of cycles again and that there's a death and rebirth um happening in in nature and within and um the tapestry it's so rich life is so rich with cycles and, and that cyclical wisdom. And I think with ancient philosophy, it's had a long time to brew <laughs> and to weave those threads of that, that wisdom and, to, you know, then gift practices such as those ginger shots or as, you know, the, the different um, medicines and ways that you can really ways to live that will embrace being, um, just more natural really closer to nature right you know like just mm. um not being so separate from it knowing that you're so interconnected so absolutely answered the question and so to go down um further down that path of um bringing ancient wisdom to the modern day how what are the ways that you are weaving that in into your life at the moment one of the most important ones for me is trying to be as present as possible so yoga is all about being present in this moment. You know, it's the only moment that we have. So a great way to do that is, is through our breath. So I do try to kind of remain in the present moment as much as possible. And when I catch myself, you know, obsessing over the future and worrying about things or ruminating in the past or whatever it may be to try and, you know, almost close my eyes, like let those thoughts go like clouds passing through the sky and return back to the present moment and taking a few deep breaths can really help with that. I think um, kind of as you transition from task to task, it can be really nice again, just to take a couple of deep breaths before you move on, just to like center yourself and come back into yourself because you know, we all have so many things on our to-do list and we always, we always feel like we're so busy so the more we can remain present and kind of mindful, the better it is kind of for us and our mental health, our physical health and so on. Um, other ancient practices is kind of following Ayurveda and thinking about um, kind of how I'm nourishing my body. So um, eating seasonally where possible, um, having like a light breakfast trying where possible to eat my biggest meal at lunchtime because ayurveda um 
says that your digestion works with the sun. So your digestion is at the strongest um, at lunchtime. Whereas in the West, we tend to eat our biggest meal for dinner. And by then, you know, the sun's setting kind of, depending on what time of the year it is, but you know, it's not as strong then. But again, like these things can be difficult because of the way, you know, the modern world and the world's, the societies that we live in are set up. So it's just about doing what you can, I think, not getting too bogged down in all the details because to live completely like quote unquote perfectly, which doesn't exist, um, you know, we'd need to completely just live probably in like a forest or something, um, which would be great. Don't get me wrong, but... (laughs) probably highly unlikely um Mm. yeah I think other just little practices I love to do is journaling you know I love to do things and also teach things that are free that people don't need to buy like a million things for because again like I know I keep coming back to like capitalism and cultural appropriation but the wellness industry is so capitalistic and it makes no sense because we're making well not we but the, the culture like in making people buy things that they don't need to try and make them feel better but they don't feel better so they buy more stuff and it's such a vicious cycle but actually you know breath that's always with you you don't need anything just watch a youtube video or, or like just take a few deep breaths like journaling you need a piece of paper and a pen or a book or you can do it on your phone on your laptop you know whatever way you prefer just perhaps take a few deep breaths and just allow anything that comes onto the page to come onto the page, like no filtering. And honestly, after you'll probably feel like a weight's been lifted. I love to do that kind of most days and, you know, write what cycle day I'm on and where the moon is and things like that, just to help me kind of track my um, moods, I guess, like my my cycle really in general. moving my body and again you don't need like a hundred pound gym membership to do that you can go for a walk you can watch youtube videos you can do you know yoga pilates you can go for a run like there's so many options Mm. um and i think so often people are almost afraid to to do certain things because they feel it will be really expensive or they need so in yoga you know you need a certain yoga mat or you need certain yoga clothes to be able to do it but you don't you know back in the day people practice on the floor like outside and they wore like really loose cotton clothing they didn't wear lycra and you know whatever else our our leggings are made of they didn't wear any of that because actually they tried they lived so close to nature that they they wore nature you know of course Mm. that all those things weren't around then anyway um So yeah, I think there's so many little things we can do. And it's just about, I think, experimenting, trying one or two things, you know, not overwhelming yourself again, and Mm -hmm. seeing what works for you, you know, just because I'm here saying I love journaling, it might be the worst thing for someone who's listening. And that's okay. I think there's no like, perfect way to, to live this kind of lifestyle that we see on Instagram, you know, it doesn't really exist like even the people doing it like they're mm. they're just showing you a highlight reel and i think that again is so important to remember because i get caught up in it i see people like with all these crystals or these tarot cards or something and i'm like oh my god i need all of those things but actually then i'm like no no Jothi, you don't need all of those things at all like just take a step back and you know 
what works for you and that's that's then the most important thing not what works for everyone else Mm, that's such an important reminder I think just having discernment and connecting to your own truth um, really will enable whatever practice that you're engaging with to be self-sustaining instead of like external from you would like you say in all of your um, products or anything that you think that you may need it's actually all within and that's such a um, yeah message that we both share um, <laughs> yeah in our work is definitely um, guiding your energy back to yourself checking in with what is true for you and um, then going from there but I love all the free resources I'm big on um, resourcing self that's definitely one of the um, main threads for this podcast is resourcing souls back to themselves back home um, mm. within and so we have so many resources within us and within our, our, our breath and within our ability to write or communicate um, that we can actually process life and and come into that present moment whatever is there for us because then we begin to enable life to feel a little bit more in flow or to feel like okay like we're just um yeah there's an ebb and a flow and then touching on that um you said about the wellness industry being like capitalist and um i i find cyclical living to be a pure rebellion of capitalism and the, the just the linear trajectory to go and go and go and never stop and you need more 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 and I love how your philosophy that's coming through is so strong in like less is more <laughs> and mm. all less is just, you know, less like because we just don't need so much external input. Um, mm. I love this guidance. Yeah. Back to inner wisdom. And oh, it's just mirrored so much in nature um, and in the moon that we ha have differing energy throughout um different different it depends which cycle we're talking about but right now you know mm. you're in um the northern hemisphere and in in summer and I'm in the southern hemisphere in winter and so our energies are going to be different purely just because we're in different um seasons of of the year and then so um that sort of like you said um it could be later on at night when the sun goes down and so you might be out more than I am at the moment where the sun goes down way earlier and so tapping into that um I love how the the digest thinking of digestion even is affected by the sun mm. and um, flowing with that because I've been really looking closer at the concept of like having a circadian rhythm and how that can mimic um, or reflect into the um, energy of a menstrual cycle and so mm. you would say like you know ovulation and it's one of the practices that we we both did in cycle coach um, that we can feel you know at midday it's more like the ovulation time and and this is a very like prescriptive or common theme people can experience different things you know um and might feel more inward at ovulation and that's okay but just this is the stereotypical cycle I'm talking of um and so yeah I just think that it's really interesting we can start to begin to um just lead our awareness to these different points to this tapestry and I love how you said when you when you're journaling that you just note down you know cycle day um where the moon is and I love to do that too just to feel really held like where where am I 
just to locate myself a bit like mm. in in the energy of it all because for people that feel energy um you know sensitively or just are attuned to environment inner and outer um that it's really lovely thing to um ground down into um what is really here and so we're both studying cycle coach um at the moment and I just think that's so wonderful and I would love to hear more about your own journey with um discovering um menstrual cycle awareness and where you see it um um being incorporated into the work that you um do mm. yeah so as I said I um discovered it through a podcast and then kind of read a book and then came across Claire on Instagram and since then have read like quite a few different books and listened to podcasts and and found amazing, amazing people on Instagram um, and then applied for the cycle coaching um, course. And oh, I just think it's so important, you know, if if I'd known this when I was a bit younger and, you know, I'm still quite young, like 27, <laughs> it would have made such a big difference. So I think for me, like, it's so important that young children are aware of this because actually what we're, what we're learning is how to tune into our bodies and understand where they're at and what they need. And that sounds so simple and basic, but it's not something that we're taught, especially as women, you know, very typically in, in the societies that we live in, it's very much, you know, women look outside of themselves for the answers. Whereas actually, as you've just said, like everything we need does live within us. And, you know, that's very much my message. You know, I like to say that, you know, I help people to peel back the layers to come home to themselves because that is kind of where where the magic is. So I think, you know, when we're little, we have all this amazing intuition. We know when we're hungry. We know when we're tired, even if we don't know it, like, you know, we cry or we act in a certain way that our caregivers can then help us to understand and then as we grow older we we forget about that intuition and we no longer trust that gut feeling and you know the amount of times that I've, I've said oh I knew I should have just listened to my gut but actually now like I find myself saying that less and less because I know that I know so I listen to myself <laughs> over everyone else even if it doesn't make logical sense at the time um mm. you know it all comes to make sense in the end and I think for me like I am hoping to, or am rather at the moment, like kind of hosting one-to-one -one sessions with people exploring that inner world. So it's called um, the Reconnect Mentorship. So helping people to reconnect to themselves. And we can explore things like cycle, menstrual cycle awareness, journaling, yoga and yoga philosophy, uh, meditation, and many other kind of holistic wellness practices. And this can be like a one-off session or a series of sessions. So, you know, we kind of go through a mentorship where we really kind of look at, it's very intuitive, you know, it's not kind of like, these are the things that we can look at. It really just depends on the client and that's how I like to work. So whether that is kind of connecting more with yourself or understanding your menstrual cycle or trying to reduce stress or whatever it may be, 
um, and just looking at that in a very holistic way using anything that I have kind of in my toolkit that I believe will help. Um, and yeah, kind of exploring that. And I think another thing that I would love to do is to think about how I could get this knowledge into schools, um, you know, as a as a primary school teacher, I think it's so important, whether it's at kind of probably more like very late primary, early secondary school level. Um, I think that's so important. Um, and just kind of spreading the awareness that we are cyclical beings and it's okay that we don't always feel the same. Cause I think we forget that. Like it's, it really is those simple truths that people forget myself included and that we need constant reminders of till they become like part of our psyche and our knowledge and we just know it we don't need to be reminded of it you know and I think that that's really important as well for you know the work that both of us are doing just saying things like that on Instagram and sometimes I have to remind myself that it's okay to like repeat saying these things because people do need to hear it a few times to really understand it because I sometimes get I'm just like oh I keep saying the same thing everyone's probably like oh here she goes again but actually of course um, maybe some people feel like that and that's fine they can unfollow me but most people mm -hmm. they they do need to hear that and they want to hear that that's why they're you know that's why they're there mm. it's just a reminder that we're all cyclical beings right just once you know mm. I mean, and, and my journey towards this, yeah, no, this knowing feels so held and, and it helps balance. Um, I feel that that sense of masculine um, energy and feminine energy being able to really hold that whole container. Like I feel like the masculine, this has just come to me. So I'm just going to go with this intuition <laughs> of like this masculine structure of cycles. I mean, that sounds ridiculous because how are they structures but they're they're constant in their change like they're constantly going mm. to ebb and flow and so that I feel like there's this masculinity to that um like that where you can just then release and flow into your feminine energy and just like go okay next week I'm gonna you know play with this and or do that and I love how in the reconnect mentorship that you um just mentioned I mean it sounds so beautiful and intuitive because you are just basing off what the client needs and that is again an act of um you know cyclicality in a way of just like ebb and flow and go back and forth and trust yourself and trust the client as well and just um leaning into trust I really find that goes hand in hand with cyclical living because it's knowing I might feel really tired today or I might feel really frustrated or anxious and tomorrow or even in the next few hours, I might feel differently and just um, trusting that process. It sounds like such a cliche, but um, knowing it's going to come back around again as well and that we're going to experience, um, you know, another inner winter or perhaps not going into perimenopause or menopause. And that, but then there's a stage of winter in life and how rich, like I just find it so enriching. To, to live in this way and and no wonder we've arrived here because I do think what you know if there are some benefits that come up that come up um through cyclical living and aligning yourself with the gorgeous um ancient philosophy of um yoga then if is there benefits that come to mind I'm sure there's a whole list but I'd love for you to just name name some that come up for you of living this way 
think if we live this way, we'd have a sense of inner peace, um, which to me is the ultimate benefit because that's all I ever want is to feel this sense of inner peace and balance. Even if outside things feel chaotic, if I can feel that on the inside, then that's amazing for me. <laughs> um, and I think just, yeah, like understanding and knowing yourself um, is such a gift. And when you feel that way, you give off a certain energy that helps others around you to want to feel that way. And that's how we can very much snowball. I think with these things, when you discover them, you want to tell everyone around you and you want everyone to be like you and to do what you're doing. And I know I'm quite terrible for it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is amazing. Read this book, listen to this podcast, like, et cetera, et cetera. But actually the best way to kind of, I guess, help or encourage those around you and your like kind of inner circle is through you just living and embodying it. You know, you have to practice what you preach and then people will see and be like, oh, okay, yeah, like actually, you know, she seems a lot calmer or happier or whatever it may be. And then they will find their own way to do it because, you know, people have to arrive at this themselves in their own way. Um, and I think, yeah, just that feeling of inner peace of almost living in gratitude. You know, I can see like from our conversation, how passionate you are. And that makes me want to like be even more like, you know, passionate. I'm sure people listening will feel that with both of us and yeah i think it's just about understanding yourself you're able to live in gratitude and see the good in all situations you know i'm not talking about toxic positivity but more that even when things don't feel great you you know that it will get better or that the reason behind this will reveal itself even if that's not immediate and i think that's a really amazing place to be in to be able to sit in your emotions not wallow in them, but to sit in them, let them pass through you and feel through them. And all, yeah, you know, it's a lot of kind of cliches that we see around, but but they really are true. And again, it's about finding a way for them to be true for you, which might look different to someone else. I wrote down um, as you were speaking, because I couldn't help myself, just the simplicity of checking back into your body like at different times of the day or, um, you know, the cycle of, of your menstrual cycle or the lunar cycle, just the simplicity. I really love this thread that's been, um, you know, brought to the surface between the two of us, the simplicity and it's okay. And then that also, when you begin to note that it's okay to trust the process and that's not too cliche, then perhaps there's some self-acceptance that can arise and inner peace, I mean, mm like of course of course that that is such a desire and an intention and everybody like you said ha has different intentions and perhaps even different reasons for coming to cyclical living but it is ultimately the most sustainable way to live and that's definitely something that I um having studied sustainability at uni and I came out of that degree thinking there wasn't much spirituality in there like good job I'm going to my own sessions or practices or because to really bring it all together, we need that um, sense of spirituality. I'm, I 
and perhaps other people put a different name to it and that's okay because spirituality can be charged for different people but to me knowing we're actually something greater like we're human but I wonder if there's any sort of um mm, final things that you would love to share on about um you know your your heart centered passions your um work in in cyclical wisdom and ancient wisdom and, and bridging the two not that they are even separate but um you know walking this incredible line with people um bringing them alongside you to experience this way of living i wonder if there's anything else you'd like to um to add before we um yeah close our conversation with spirituality um or whatever you want to call it it's I feel like I keep repeating myself, but it's about finding what works for you. So again, like your spiritual or your kind of practice could be as simple as taking a few breaths, or, you know, you could do the whole kind of ritual of, you know, lighting candles, getting different elements from the earth and all of these different things. You know, there's so many different ways that we mm -hmm. can express or live spiritually or more connected, you know? And again, I think what we all connect to, you know, whether we call it God or the universe or source or whatever name, like, I think that's, it's always, it is like one and the same. We just mm. give it different names and that's okay. And, you know, just to kind of touch on religion, that's that's effectively what happens in religion, but to me, religion has now kind of obviously gone in a very different direction in in terms of like every religion has its own like very extreme version and very spiritual version so actually it's about it's about finding what works for you and using that um mm. and that does not have to look a certain way it's just about how it feels to you and i think everything can become like a ritual if it's done with intention or everything can feel very um, spiritual if I guess you kind of have whatever you call this, like universe, God, whatever, at the forefront of your mind and you're kind of doing things with intention and awareness and being mindful. So again, it comes back to being in the present moment and understanding why you're doing certain things. You know, are you just doing it because everyone else does it and it looks cool or are you doing it because you know that if I do X, I'll feel like Y, or, you know, if I do X, then Y will happen or whatever it may be. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of um, kind of spirituality or having that faith is, is very much about surrendering and letting go. So it's about doing your action or whatever it may be with, with the right intentions. And then almost letting go of the results and letting what happens happens and trusting the process and allowing whatever comes back to you to come back to you and giving it that space. Because so often we think we want something, but you know, the universe, I believe, does know best. And she will often give you something even better if you allow that space. Um, and then just quickly something. So I do uh, Gita classes. So learning about the Bhagavad Gita, which is kind of like one of the Vedantic or Hindu texts. And they talk a lot about, about karma, about karma, which again is very like widely used word. And for me, something that I realized was through my teacher, um, she was saying, you know, we all think if we do this for, you know, 
if I do this for person X, then person X will do something nice for me. But actually she was saying what happens is if you do what you believe is right for person X, it might not be person X that gives that good energy back to you. It might be person Y, but it will come back to you, but maybe not necessarily through that person or that thing that you've done it for, um, which I think is really important because so often we expect people to treat us how we've treated them. And in an ideal world, that is what would happen. But unfortunately, you know, I read something on Instagram and it was like, stop expecting you from people. And I was like, oh, yes, that that is it. Like, <laughs> just because you're a certain way, everyone else will not reciprocate in that way. You know, we all have different love languages. We have we come to everything with different experiences. We think in different ways and so on. So actually, it's about letting go of those expectations and doing things that feel right to you because they feel right, not because you're expecting anything in return, but also trusting that good things will come back to you, but maybe not from that exact source. Um, a bit of a diversion, but I just thought that was such an amazing lesson that I learned in my class and I was just like mind blown. It's really stuck with me. So I think that's a really nice way to think about like karma or karma. Ah, oh, really? feeling so much gratitude for all that you have shared so thank you so much for joining us on earth within podcast and really really illuminating that connection between ancient philosophy and and bringing that into um cyclical living and the modern day so thank you so much it's been amazing thank you so much for having me sophie it's been so nourishing and so such a lovely way to start my next cycle thank you so much for joining me today if you've loved this episode maybe you could share it with a loved one you think may resonate or enjoy it or tag me on instagram or send me a dm i'd love to hear from you if you can take a minute to rate and review this podcast it can reach more ears and hearts around the world Okay, until next time, all links from today's episode are in the show notes. Be well and remember to take moments to earth your energy within.